If you're living in a bubble and you haven't got a care, well, you're gonna be in trouble because we're gonna steal your air. Because what you got is what we need and all we do is dirty deeds. We're the Spaceballs. Watch out because we're the Spaceballs. Oh, I'm oh, hoping man. I'm hoping one of those AI generators came up with that. <laughs> no, that's 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 the lyrics to the song. So that is the introduction and summary of today's 10 forward Spaceballs. Fucking yes. The Actually, podcast. We should have those AI Space generators the podcast. do I our summaries it. from now on. That's tempting. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to make you art for this one for the cover that's just going to be Spaceballs, Spaceballs the, the podcast. podcast. There we go. Yeah, good one. Actually, my... Oh, yes, I'm Chris. Chris. Before, before anything. <laughs> I'm Chris, and joining me today are... Ames. Caitlin. Lone Star. Good, good one. Uh, yogurt! All... Yogurt! I hate yogurt! Even with strawberries. Nobody like would yogurt. dare give me the raspberry. <laughs> he just doesn't like fruits, I think. You know? It's... Man, we should just all introduce ourselves as Dink. Dink, dink, yep. dink, dink, dink. So yes, we, we've mentioned it many times, and finally, because real life got in the way, we were like, fuck it, let's finally do Spaceballs. Hooray! Mel- finally completing our Star Wars trilogy! Yeah. <laughs> Mel Brooks 1987? Yeah! Flim, making making spoof of mostly the Star Wars. But also some other things pop in randomly. But also... Some more random than others. Yeah, 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 yeah. But also, as I realized watching this, it never occurred to me before, I think... This also influenced George Lucas. Yeah, I think it influenced Disney buying Lucasfilm. That too. But um but no, legit, when they're having the, the Schwarzsaber duel at the end, mm-hmm. uh Lone Star does some crazy backflip gymnast shit. Oh my god. And remember, at that point, Jedi didn't pull that nonsense. That's true. Luke did some high jumping, but that was about it. Then suddenly, you know. Twelve years later, episode one drops, and they're flipping around like Lone Star. Hmm, shit. <laughs> flipping around like Lone Star. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that, space maybe balls. that was the other part of the deal when Lucas was like, No, Mel, I won't sue you for this, but I'm taking your flips. <laughs> no, no, they to- they totally had had this deal going, basically. So, you know, Brooks brings to to Lucas, I wanna spoof Star Wars. I'm really good at it. I'll do a great job. And you know what the really annoying thing that Lucas fucking did? Because otherwise, you know, he loved the film. He's, he laughed his ass off. It was it was a great film. Oh, he, I, he enjoyed I bet it. I know what annoyed him. I don't know. Um, oh, I thought you were about to say. No, the, the, the deal that they made was Lucas said, 
if you guys make action figures, they're just going to look like Star Wars action figures, and that'll detract from my sales, because Lucas basically seems to have made these films to sell toys, mm-hmm. and that's 90% of what he does with Star Wars. Well, and that's like one of the things that's spoofed in this movie, is yeah. the fact that Star Wars is just a toy-selling vehicle. So, there is no actual... Star, uh, Spaceballs merchandising because it was in the contract that Lucas won't let there be toys, basically, mm. because he's the toy guy. I mean, he knows where the money really comes it, from. It's annoying in a way, but also, like, I'm kind of glad because it would be almost like defeating your own joke if you then actually had merchandise. Yeah. I don't know. I really want that flamethrower. <laughs> Fair. Toy for children. Fair. <laughs> actually, speaking, since we're already talking about the merchandising, did anyone notice? The coloring book? Yes. It, it's it clearly they took a Transformers coloring book and slapped a space because yeah. they had Optimus Prime on the cover. Yeah. But as you said at the time when we were watching it in a way that was foreshadowing. Because yeah, for that, Minute Man. Uh, yeah, for Minute Yeah, exactly. So I kind of wonder if it was on purpose or just like, yeah, it looks science fiction. Mm. I feel like it was, pro- I, I, I kind of feel like it must have been on purpose. Yeah, but yeah. How, think fuck, about the... how hard is it just to have someone mock up a cover with Lone Star on it? Oh, it's easy. But or you know what this was? Cheaper. <laughs> Yeah, but they it's not like they skimped on like like they had custom bed sheets made for Yeah, that's true. Maybe that's where a lot of the money went. Was that I I hope he still has that somewhere. I really want the the big um like cave thing shaped like yogurt (laughs) (laughs) that he just comes out of. I want one shaped like yogurt. I'm just gonna my headcanon is that that lives on the front lawn at Mel Brooks's estate. (laughs) (laughs) It's actually it's his it's it's his dog's house. Yes. Oh there you go. His, mo- his mog's house. Yeah, uh, yes. Yeah, I think my the, the best friend. The the merchandising joke might be my favorite gag, oh, other, yeah. other than the meta gag, which which we'll get back to because mm. holy oh, shit, that's also. I mean, also even, but great, even the merchandising but... gags are meta gags. Yeah, because yes. of yeah. because they can't sell merch, yeah. and that was Brooks's joke, saying, "Well, I can't I can't do it uh, in in reality, so I'll do it in the movie," and it's so clever. It is. Mm. It's fascinating too, just on the real Star Wars films. When George was making the deal to do the original Star Wars, he asked for a significant chunk of the merchandising. Mm. And at the time, film merchandising was not what it... He basically invented it. Yeah. Essentially. Like, it existed to a very minor extent. So between the fact that it wasn't big and no one knew how big Star Wars was going to be, Fox just went, yeah, what? F- yeah, sure, whatever, give it to him. What asshole. <laughs> I wonder just... just just how often they kicked themselves for that yeah. in the, over the years. In the sale to Disney, what did he retain any of that, or did all of that go to Disney? I have no idea. I mean, it was a huge fucking deal. It was. $4 billion, but I But if you say. think about it, though, I mean, ignore the fact that Disney has more or less squandered that property. Amazingly, and, and yes. like, yeah. not... By all accounts, Andor's fantastic. Oh, it is. It you haven't seen is. it yet? Not yet. Yeah. Yeah. I think you'd like it. It really is. It's it pr- doesn't look like other Star Wars. It just looks like a show. It yeah, might yeah. be, as in terms of like Star Wars content, it might be, it's up there with, with my tops, I would say. 100%. I won't say it's my favorite, just because it's not even done yet. But the first se- if the first season is anything to go by, it's pretty Well, it, of course it's no one's it's not your favorite because it doesn't have Baby Yoda. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Well, he hasn't, you know, met Baby Yoda yet. Baby Yoda, I guess, would technically be alive in this time frame. That's true. So it's true. He could. It could be happen. even tinier. Please, please don't cross it. Over. Yeah, no, no, that would be necessary. <laughs> I actually remember Carrie... <laughs> They're going to do it. There'll just Damn be it. two episodes where it's literally just like the Mandalorian again, just like they did with Book of Boba Fett or whatever. Yeah. 
Carrie Fisher, I remember once said, I'm pretty sure I have to give George a nickel every time I look in a mirror. Oh. Talking about his licensing deal. But uh, but anyway, this movie. Yes. This movie. I think I've mentioned this before on this on our show that when I was a kid, I had a I had a VHS of Spaceballs that I watched all the time. Daily. Like it was in well pa- practically right. <laughs> like I had there were like three or four movies that were just in rotation as as often as Jake watches Gladiator now. Well, when <laughs> when I was a kid, it was like. Ghostbusters, Beetlejuice, mm-hmm. Who Framed Roger Rabbit, and oh, Spaceballs. Man. All like, good th- choices. Those yeah. were the four that yeah. I just kind of like watched. They, they were in rep in my house. So, <laughs> and like there were legit days. Like this is going to be sign like a sign of a deranged mind or something. But I would watch one of those movies, rewind it, and then watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> like how so, old would you say you were? I think between. This was last year. Like five and seven, or I don't know, whatever age I would have been. I gotta say, though. Kids do that, though. I know. Yeah, but here's the thing, and this is where your parents are very, your parents were extraordinarily lucky. Because for some kids, that movie they become obsessed with is some awful, like, Mm. children's garbage. They're like, oh god, it's the third time today, but at least it's fucking Spaceballs and not like... The Care Bears movie. Oh, God. But but the, the thing is, right, because I had watched this movie so much, and, like, Star Wars was not in my consciousness at all until so I don't, like, I knew what Star Wars was. I had, I am sure I had seen it. I wouldn't say it wasn't, it was probably not until the, like, kind of the resurgence of Star Wars in, in 97 when they did the, the, the remaster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did I really, like, get, become a fan of Star Wars? So a lot of the star wars jokes in this mm. movie were kind of like kind of went past me from... but the movie itself is still accessible the movie is still accessible lower decks writers take note <laughs> exactly like like it's still accessible especially for a kid who's like you know again like think about those movies i listed ghostbusters yep. beetlejuice who framed roger rabbit they're all like comedies mm-hmm. that are also just like good movies to watch and yeah. i feel like this is this is in the same boat yeah. For sure. Yeah, well, it's, it's funny, like, Ghostbusters, remember, it, you know, when I was a kid, it was just this funny movie about these four guys trying to save the world, and, like, I didn't get, you know, it's this is the 80s, the height of the overly buff action man movie, and, like, so it didn't, I didn't get that it was a joke, or it was supposed mm. to be funny that, like, towards the end, they're having to climb all these stairs, and they're exhausted, because <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, of course, I would be too, you know, because this was the 80s, when fucking Arnold and Stallone were running around with huge guns being super athlete guys and the fact that four ordinary schlubs had to like save the world from the apocalypse was part of the gag yeah but the rest of the movie was still you know good and you know there's that creepy ghost blowjob and I did not understand what was going on mm-hmm. <laughs> Bustin makes me feel good <laughs> the woman that played the blowjob ghost passed away recently oh dang that's sad yeah. now she's actually a blowjob ghost the- yeah Yikes. So, obviously, we all know that Mr. Tuvok is Mr. We Ain't Found Shit. Love Mm -hmm. him. But while I was looking people up yesterday, I found that we have two other, albeit much more minor, Star Trek people in this. Oh, do we? Commander at Zircon. Sure. Plays the smuggler that brings Quark Lee Nallis' earring. Interesting. Yeah. And... The nurse, Gretchen, the nose job guy's assistant. The one who starts making out with the with the doctor? Yeah. Is, Go work on um, your putts? <laughs> yes. Is, is she apparently, she's actually very well known in her own right now. She apparently was a regular on Desperate Housewives. Some really big show. But she was in When the Bow Breaks. 
Oh, oh God, was she one of the children or one of the no, adults who One of the adults. She, oh, okay. Because she would have been... Yeah, this was, she was, this was okay. the same year I that TNG no, came I out. I have no sense of time. <laughs> but yeah, so I was like, oh, well, look at that. So yeah, so other Star Trek people. That's that, Very you know. cool. But obviously the, the key one is Tuvok, yeah. Comb in the Desert. Who's yeah. excellent in this. And they make... Little Star Trek gags, which are very funny. I love that Star Trek exists in yeah. this world when they say, what about the, about the transporting? Well, it works in Star Trek. Let's yep. try it out. Oh, God. <laughs> then the uh, Vulcan neck pinch, which he was yep. doing wrong. No, no. You gotta, you gotta a little lower. Where the neck meets the shoulder. So, remind me, though. So, in the intro to the movie, it says, once upon a time, right? Once upon a time, warp. Oh, once upon a time warp. Okay, so it could be in the future. So. It, it well, definitely is because in the, even in the future, nothing works. All right, that's what I was gonna say. Like, if this was supposed to take place in the past, you know, no, no. I also noticed that it's chapter eleven. Yep, yep. Uh, which still is, waiting for chapters one through. 10. Well, the thing I think is such a great joke about that is it's chapter eleven, which not only makes fun of episode four being right. stars, but it also is chapter eleven is the the tax code for yeah, bankruptcy. bankruptcy. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. Oh, that's. I didn't, funny. I didn't think about it until you just said it out loud. I was like, yeah. wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, chapter 11. That, that's so why funny. they need the merchandising. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. so good. <laughs> the same way we were watching this, I feel like Lone Star is a better Okona than Okona. Mm-hmm. Like, I think this is what they wanted him to be. Yeah. They wanted Lone Smarmy, Star. attractive... Fucking one of the first things Bill Pullman did. Yep. Shocking. Wow. Yeah. Like this I didn't to realize. The president of the United States. Is yeah. Such a big step up. I don't know. I think the the thing I saw Bill Pullman in like repeatedly before seeing anything else he's in is the while while you were sleeping. Oh, that's that rom, Sandra Bullock rom-com. movie, right? Yeah, yeah, with Sandra Bullock, which is the- kind of creepy, if I recall. Is it creepy? Most rom coms are. That's true. Yeah, that's true. With their heart. This is probably the first thing I saw him in. Oh, okay. First well, thing it was I, either this sense. or Casper. Yeah, I was just going to say, for me, it's definitely was Casper. But yeah, for most of my childhood, he was, you know, Lone Star, the dad in Casper, and to an extent, the president in Independence Day. We'll cover that one day. It'll yeah. be a good day. Yeah. I've never seen it. It'll be our yeah. Independence Day. It's <laughs> something. Uh, I have no idea what you'll think of it, Caitlin. Maybe, we'll maybe, find out when we get there. Maybe next Independence Day we should cover it as a... No, no, we were actually discussing. There's going to be a year where Independence Day falls on a Thursday, so we're going to do it that year. Oh, okay. 2035 uh, it is. <laughs> um, I don't know you laugh, but we'll still be doing it, so... You know what else was interesting that I looked up? Tell the, us. Uh, the editor of all people on this, Conrad Buff the Fourth. Good which name. Which is such a Damn. great name. Damn. Just attracts panties. Holy shit. (laughs) Well, if that didn't do it, winning an Oscar for editing Titanic would. Oh, wow. But not only did he work on Titanic, he was an editor on the original Battlestar Galactica. The original one. Yeah, the TV show. I'm not sure if that's why there's a Cylon helmet in a scene, but there is. The Empire Strikes Back, Raiders of the Lost Ark, E.T., Poltergeist, Return of the Jedi, Ghostbusters, like... This All these prolific. huge 80s movies. Wow. He was an editor. He was the one editor at the time. Apparently. <laughs> well, it's funny because I was um, I was noticing somewhat that Lone Star, like, although, yeah, he reminds me, he's obviously a Han Solo knockoff. Dressed like Indiana Jones because True. they didn't want him to look like Harrison Ford. But Wait, he didn't want to look like that Harrison Ford. Yes. Right. <laughs> he, to me, he reminded me a lot, at least, especially like with the hair. Uh, mm. He reminded me a lot of Dirk Benedict's character from Battlestar Galactica. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, Starbuck. Is 
Okay, I asked Jake this in the middle of the movie, and you didn't have an answer. I don't. I wonder if you guys have a, have a thought. Bill Pullman in this movie wearing a wig. I always wondered that because the hair color is so bizarre. Mm. I, it just kind of looks like I just couldn't bleached. find. I just couldn't find roots. It might be a wig. I mean, they're probably. I just thought it was. They're all wearing wigs. I thought it was Sam a, wears a wig all yeah, the time. I just thought it was a weird dye job, to be honest. Mm. Well, whatever it is, I don't love it. That's probably the one thing I would change. Um, I'd still fuck him. Oh, same. I'm not saying I wouldn't fuck. Well, listen, <laughs> like that's that's <laughs> that's what I always. Away. That's what I always kind of forget till I see this movie. It's like, oh god, I forgot how fucking hot young Bill Pullman is. Young, <laughs> he's not all the time. Um, well, that's also true. I thought you were gonna be like young. He's not young. He was 53 in this movie, and I'm like, wait a minute, that's not right. Yeah. So while we're talking about the cast, so obviously we have you know Bill Pullman doing some fun stuff. Mel Brooks, we talked about Tim Russ. John Candy. Yep. Oh my Fabulous. god, I love him in this so much. With his, uh, you know, beaten beaten Star Trek by about 20 years on having uh, animated ears. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, eventually in Enterprise, the Andorians will finally get mechanical oh, deedly bobs. Yeah, but those I hate. <laughs> no, and I give them credit because I think they originally were saying, oh yeah, we'll just have, you know, some kind of dog mask on him. And I think Mel Brooks said, or somebody said, we got freaking John Candy. Yeah. We want to see his face. Otherwise, what's the point of having John mm. Candy? Yeah. Yeah. Like. And his comic timing in this is perfect all so the time. I, so I enjoy good. him. I love, I love the, it's, it's like a very subtle, not even, a, it's not a subtle gag at all. What am I saying? But when they l- land the there are no subtle gags when they the land movie. the ship and they they need to steal the uniforms from the two yeah. guards and like there's one skinny guard and one fat guard yep. and it's like how convenient yep. yep yep I almost wondered why they didn't why they didn't like um, underline that and be like oh good there are sizes but then it's like yeah it's like, you get it yeah we'll say well as Jake pointed out there's at least one subtle joke the chapter eleven. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. No, there's definitely there is definitely some subtle jokes, but yeah, it's that's. I mean, I guess that's a Mel Brooks signature is that the jokes are not yeah, no. subtle. They're they're there, and you will see them. One that I had never noticed until this viewing was when we were watching the combing the desert scene. Mm. Tuvok and his his fellow, they're both black, and they are carrying an Afro pick. I had never I mean, realized that, they, that, that, that they have this a viewing. pick. Yeah, no, I thought that, that was I mean, out of comb. That's the whole joke, though. Yeah, I know, but the, I the didn't get it. The joke only works if you notice that. I, I didn't. It which, was, see, which, when we were children, it was just funny because he swore. Yeah, he said yeah. shit, and I thought it was funny. But the uh, black but, but that sheriff? actually brings something up. Is like Because I've had debates with people about just Mel Brooks movies in general. And, have you? And like, I want to hear these debates. Well, they're not so much debates. They're just like, okay. Which things work and which ones don't. Well, well it's like, like how the... close does he skirt racism? And yeah. like, at what point Fair. would he cross over? That's right. you, couldn't, you couldn't make most of his movies today. Well, right. No. Like, this movie would like... Blazing saddles, holy shit. I can't I still can't believe they were able to make it then, never mind thinking about trying to do it now. I don't know. I think I would trust like a, like a Jordan Peele to do an in, to do a new Blazing Saddles mm. in an interesting way well, and maybe turn it okay. cuz he but turns the, things on their That's tents. the other thing too is like Mel Brooks is not black. No. Like it, Jewish. it's Jewish, true. Yeah, so Makes there, a lot of there, there are a jokes. lot of Jewish jokes in this movie. <laughs> so yeah. many. But yeah, like the black jokes are a little bit that yeah, like in this, it's questionable. Obviously, you know, um, Blazing Saddles he co-wrote with Richard Pryor. Yeah. So, and actually, he wanted Richard Pryor to play Bart, but the studio was like, he's a little too controversial. Mm. For a second, I was going to say Barf. No, wait, wrong. <laughs> we'll movie. just put him in a series of kids movies. <laughs> yeah, instead. Though I will say, I mean, I, I love Richard Pryor. He's very funny, but Cleveland Little's so good in that movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's sad that he passed away young because he should have had a much bigger career than he did. 
Mm-hmm. I also just think he's much better looking than Richard Pryor, and I was That's there true. for it. Really... It's a, it is a little more believable that that uh, it'd be more believable that that um, Madeline Kahn wants to fuck him. Yeah, but and it's like as much as I would love to have seen uh, Richard, Richard Pryor. Pryor in that role, and you know, especially playing off the other actors, I think it would have been really good. But I feel like Richard Pryor would have been distracting. Uh, I think so. Because the whole time you'd be like, oh, look, it's Richard Pryor, and he's doing crazy stuff. Yeah. But yeah, with this one having been written by Mel Brooks and, like, two other guys, one of which I think actually was the guy that played the priest doing the wedding. Mm. Um, yeah, that that one's a little more like, that one's a little more iffy. Yeah. But again, like, do I think they would have made this movie today and included, like, the Afro pick joke? Probably not. Also, I don't know if people would have got... would get the afro pick joke as much today because i feel like well it obviously it obviously took me about 25 years Mm. to get it so who knows but you can't really you can't judge other people's abilities to get jokes that's true to be fair true but i don't know so i I just don't know if that joke would have been included i i mean i know when you know when i was a kid like i didn't get that like i knew those combs existed but i didn't realize that they were afro picks they were just Mm. This other weirdly thin comb. I didn't know why they were thin. I didn't realize they had a specific job. So for again, for me, it was just funny. The man swore. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think the other joke, and I think Mel Brooks has basically admitted, like, this is the one joke in the movie that doesn't work. And when I listened to it, uh, as I watched it, I realized, oh yeah, that one. There's something about the, the timing and the delivery and, and everything about it that doesn't work is when they're going to go to Mega Maid mode. And I think the line is, ready, Kafka. <laughs> and it's unclear... What the fuck is happening? Because well, they just said, uh, you get it because they say metamorphosis. Yeah, they're like prepare, prepare for metamorphosis. Yeah, and right. Then ready, Kafka. Because I don't know. I th- I thought the delivery was like, is Kafka the mechanism? Is Kafka the person? Oh, yeah. It was literally. It was like it's... it was Mel Brooks being like, hmm, hmm, I'm smart. Yeah, yeah. yeah I get I a think joke it's that too glossed over. I did not get as a kid. Yeah, I didn't get it either as a kid. I did. I actually noticed it for the first time last night, and I was like, oh. Huh. See, I remember always <laughs> noticing it because I'm like, what the fuck is Kafka? Which one of these characters was Kafka? Kafka asshole? Or is he, is Kafka his last name? See, there should have been a big button that just said Kafka, and then you could see it so you'd understand right this next, is metamorphosis. See, what, it should, what it should have cut to is a, a cockroach act like activating it or something. That would be, that would be funny, too. That would be funny. Yeah. You know. The one joke that I think, you know, we have a couple better better options to make it work. Yeah, who else? We had, uh, of course, Joan Rivers is the voice of Dot Matrix. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, so good. Daphne Zaniga is the princess. Well, I don't I, really. Don't. I think she was kind of big in the eighties. Yeah, she? she was kind of big in the eighties. They were like she was a get for this movie. Really? Because yeah. like I was like I know every name for of the maiden cast except for her. Yeah, I think it was, was because you know they had like. John Candy, and they had Rick Moranis, who, holy shit, Rick Moranis. Yeah, they were both, like... But they didn't mind going with a known name for Lone Star. Which is funny, because, you know, now Bill, Bill Pullman, Pullman is a household yeah. name, and Zoe, whatever her name is... Yeah. Daphne's a da- Daphne's is Yeah, who knows? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, sure she's, I'm sure she's doing well, but... Um, yeah, I think she's still done a lot of stuff, just not stuff that think, yeah, has been never, in my orbit aside from this. I guess not. I found out yesterday that Shields and Yarnell are a mime duo and not a band, because one of them, Shields or Yarnell, was actually in the dot suit. Mm. Aha, yes, Yarnell they, was the physical they, they were a mime duo back oh, in like wow. the 60s and 70s when that was a viable career and you would get on television. Sounds like gong show stuff. <laughs> they had, how I, I, wrote, I wrote down somewhere, they had six different dot matrix costumes for mm. Lorraine Yarnell to wear because they all got like 
broken very easily, you know, out in sand, getting sand in them. And they had to have one with rollerblades and one with not rollerblades. And, yeah. Well, and you all, like, even, I had so many sets of these things. You can tell at one point there's also a version with a soft skirt. Yeah. Hmm. Is can, that the one that Barf carries so that it doesn't dig into his back, maybe? Probably. It's definitely, it's most noticeable when she's lying down in the sand at one point. Mm. Okay. When the, she's broken down, it's like a soft skirt instead of a plastic one. That was actually probably also on advice from George Lucas. It was like, C-3PO broke so much. Mm. There had to be a lot of 3PO's. The joints especially shattered. I bet. It was, uh, it, was in- it was interesting when they're escaping the prison and she's just attached to... I think Barf. Barf's tail. And, yeah. And then, oh, yeah. They're and, like pulling her along. And she's on like roller skates. Yeah. yeah. I think she also is on them when uh, when they're fleeing the wedding and she's hanging on to oh, them. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're right. So there must have just been one of the suits that was just had roller skate feet. Yeah. And I, I, actually, I was actually wondering, like, I wonder if the actress is actually in there at this time or if that's, like, a dummy, but the head oh. was moving. Just that, like, because John Candy now has to pull yeah. a... Oh, yeah, you're right. If it was, if they were really, yeah. Yeah, but if heavy. it weren't a person, it would topple over. That's yeah. The, so it probably was. Yeah. Um, I like how whenever it was clear, like, whenever she had to, like, pick, when she picked up the veil or the um, the train to mm. go down the... the aisle it was clear whenever though the camera was was just out of out of frame of, her, of it and she was behind someone must have put that in her hands because i don't yeah. think she'd be able to no, yeah, no. <laughs> it's like man good good uh use of uh the blocking people so that mm-hmm. you couldn't see someone do that yep oh and of course john hurt yeah <laughs> as Alien. himself re- re- reprising his role that one i thought because it's so close it's so close to the end of the movie and it, there's been fairly few, like, actual references, actual, like, visual references to other things in this movie. Mm-hmm. Comes out of fucking nowhere. It does. It does. And I think... Oh, but I love well, it. Well, it just seems to me like... <laughs> it's, like... it's great, but then we're like, oh, wait, we're doing Alien. Well, it's like, Mel- I'm sure wow. what it was, like, <laughs> Melbourne's like, wouldn't it be funny if we, if the alien that popped out of John Hurt's chest in Alien had done a song and dance? Yeah. Right? And then it's like, okay, well, how do we get that into this movie? Well, let's have him go to a diner and eat some bad food. Here's the thing, and I think the only reason, not the only reason, the main reason I think it works is because they got John Hurt. Right. Like, had it been, like, the fact that everyone else is just like a stand-in kind of thing, like, that's fine. The fact that it's actually, if it wasn't actually John Hurt on the table. It wouldn't have worked. Like, if it was John, if it was a fake John Hurt but real Sigourney Weaver, it wouldn't have worked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it like, the to fact that Hurt. it's John Hurt having it happen again and going, not again. Not again was fucking great. Is It's just like. Did he this, ad-lib that or was no, that actually the I'm line? pretty sure that was in there. Like, yeah, I'm just like, this This probably shouldn't work, but it does because it's John Hurt. Mm. Purportedly, when he was cast in the movie, they didn't even tell him that that's what they were doing. That's funny. I love that. And he walks in and they're like, okay, we're going to put the alien in you now. And he's like, oh, really? And I'm sure that there, he went, it's not a good again. not again moment. But, you know, he does, he does a great <laughs> job with it. But uh, speaking of that scene, Ames, you pointed something out Did I? Jesus, yesterday. what did I do? Uh, well, I'll tell you now. God. Um, <laughs> speaking of taking inspiration mm-hmm. that scene takes place in a 50s diner with a yes. sassy waiter <laughs> yes 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 <laughs> oh shit wow Jetster so, Jetster was here okay, so we, all along what else us. did George steal from this movie now I'm really gonna oh I thought we were suggesting that Jake had stolen it but <laughs> no it's De- Dexter Jetster all the way Caitlin has blocked episode 2 from her memory that's already. good more that's or less good yeah. work uh, yeah contrary to the to the 
alien coming out of nowhere. Maybe because it's right on the heels of it and, and it's another reference out of nowhere. It's like, let's do Planet of the Apes now. <laughs> I'm like, sure. I'm going wherever you want me to. There goes the, there goes the planet. <laughs> yeah. And that was, uh, what's his face? Dr. Zayas. <laughs> Dr. Zayas. Yes, no, the Zayas. actor. What the fucking guy's name? Basil Exposition. Oh, uh, Michael York. Michael York, yeah. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. That's great. That 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 is that is like my one of my favorite subtle gags from Austin Powers that they it's only come back to Austin Powers. I don't know. Jesus Christ. They they it's sadly Batman. I saw an interview with him where they said, Yeah, no one got it, which is why in the future films they never say his full name. Oh, they never got that his name was Exposition. Like then a lot of people apparently didn't know what exposition meant. <sighs> so people didn't I mean, get they the are joke. Kids movies. Technically not, but <laughs> a lot of dick jokes for a kids yeah, movie. Jokes for Welcome um, to kids. True, but yeah, and yeah. So Rick Moranis, um, yeah, like like you said, him and like John Candy is both huge in the eighties yeah. comedy. Mm, so good in this. I can't think of Colonel Sanders' real name at the moment. I have it written down. Thank you, George Weiner. There it is. They originally were hoping for Steve Martin. They didn't get him. That's that would have been distracting. I think. Maybe. There definitely probably would have been a lot more shtick between Sanders and Helmet had that happened. Mm. I feel like. Actually, I, I like him too. He's in Mel Brooks' remake of To Be or Not To Be, which mm. is a fairly underrated one of his films. I remember liking that one. Yeah, yeah. he's he's one of the theater troupe in that. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen him, that actor in other things, or if I have, I haven't noticed it. He's. I looked him up once. He's, you know, he's a that guy in mm. many ways. Uh, Stephen Toblowski, or however you pronounce his name, is the guard that points out that they captured his stunt doubles. <laughs> and he's, he's again, he's like a huge everywhere that guy nowadays. At the point he was, I don't know how big he was, but nowadays he's fucking everywhere. Do we talk about Sound Effects Dude yet? Oh, Michael, right, Michael, Michael Winslow. Winslow. Yeah, Michael Winslow. I love yeah. him. He is so cool. I remember, like, seeing videos about him in, like, elementary school because he was so, like, prolific and so cool with all the sounds he could do. What an, what an interesting way to make a name for yourself. I just make noises. Yeah, I was about to say, that, that is one thing about this. that Every kid's dream. Very much identifies this as an 80s film, is the presence of Michael Winslow. Yes. Because he's, like, his... He, his star burned bright and strong from, like, Police Academy right up through maybe 91. Yeah. <laughs> That's sad. Now he mostly plays himself. Yeah. <laughs> I imagine. Yeah, shows up and makes some noises. Well, that's one of my favorite scenes. I love that's it. a, that's a scene. great scene. I know that. So they didn't have in the script the dark helmet playing with dolls. Really? And Mel Brooks just says... You know what I kind of want here? Because, you know, he'd been dicking around with Moranis the whole movie and just saying, okay, here's what we're going to do. Here's here's the doll. Here's some dolls. I don't know where these dolls came from. They look great. Um, considering they couldn't do merchandising. Son of a bitch. And he gives them these dolls and just had them ad lib. That's fucking brilliant. I, I had you, no you, idea. You consider, like, how often they're, they allow actors to ad lib mm. shit. In, in a movie like this, and he fucking nails it. It's such yeah. a good scene. That's the scene, actually. Um, is it that one? Fuck, no, I'm not... Yeah, I think it's that scene where he's got, like, a fucking cabinet behind him and the little Cylon helmet is on top uh -huh. of that. It's either that or the room with the sword fight, one or the other. Yeah, I was looking at them, because at first I was thinking that they modified existing things, but, like, if they did, so much modification was done, they were basically bespoke by the end. Yeah, they yeah. wouldn't do the coloring book. <laughs> Why? 
I want that coloring book. Yeah, maybe I don't know. Maybe maybe they they had one like maybe for some maybe something went wrong like it didn't get made in time or someone forgot it's to order so it easy. or so have someone just do it on the set. It got destroyed somehow and maybe it was getting mailed and vanished. I don't know. But yeah, because that was one thing I don't know if I noticed before watching last night. I was like, that's fucking, that's Optimus Prime. And once you see it, you're just, hold on. Although then, as, as you know, it was pointed out too, it is very obviously a Raisin Bran box that they slapped <laughs> Dark Helmet on for the cereal. Yum. 100% sugar. <laughs> that I didn't notice. Oh, that's you didn't amazing. notice? Oh, that's a good gag. I that laughed is, at that one. That, that is good. <laughs> oh, God. It is funny how, like, right up in, you know... That scene happens, and then it's everywhere for the rest of the film. But for, like, the first, just, just, Spaceballs, the whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, you don't, there's no, like, they don't scatter them around beforehand to kind of, like, seed it. It's like, the scene happens, and then for the rest of the movie, it's fucking everywhere, which I think is good restraint. Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, and I don't know if I'd noticed it before and forgotten, or didn't notice it the first time last night, but when Screw pops out from under the, the covers... And has a book upside down. I realize it's it's a biography of himself. Oh, I missed that. It's too bad that we never got uh, Spaceballs to the, the search quest for, for more, more money. money. Are there any sequels to Mel Brooks movies? Because I think I think it's always a running joke. Like in the sequel, we'll do this. In the sequel, we'll. Do... I mean, there's references between his movies, but there's never. Uh, a... I mean, there is one sequel, History of the World Part Two. Doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> Well, no, because there's no history of the world part one, isn't it? Yeah, I thought it was part one oh, exists. I, oh, part I thought. Oh, exist. I thought part two exists, not part one. Never mind. Strike yeah, no, this. Yeah. Strike this. But that would have been funny if yeah. that was true. Yeah, no, history. Son of, of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, because history of the world part one starts at the very, very, very beginning. Oh, and, yeah, and the first it, art critic. At the end, it does have a trailer for history of the world part two, <laughs> which includes uh, the song "Jews in Space," yay, which would get rewritten into "Men in Tights." Like it's the same melody or whatever. We're Jews in space. Yeah. Man does love himself a song and dance number. He does. He's great at this. This is actually kind of weird in that, you know, again, I, at the beginning I, I read the part of the song where it's it's not actually performed by the cast as part of the film. It's in the it's, credits? Is that what that was? Well, it also plays over the evacuation yeah, scene. Yeah, when they're evacuating. Uh -huh, the yes, yes, yes. But yeah, I think this, this might be one of his few where there isn't, you know, because obviously producers has springtime for Hitler. Mm -hmm. And uh, Men, in, Men, in, uh, Men in Tights has a ton of songs. Yeah, as yeah. much. Fucking what, famous Young Frankenstein put on the Ritz. Well, that wasn't an original song, though. Well, no, but there's usually a song number, though. Mm. Um, I should have said the Western. Blazing Saddles. Thank you. Has has I'm Tired and The French Mistake to a lesser extent. His weird and, again, I think underrated High Anxiety has a oh, song. Oh, I love High Anxiety. Yeah, that's a good one. So, yeah, it's been a long time since I saw some of these movies. Yeah, so. it's a really good one. Fucking <laughs> Madeline Kahn has the... The uh, sedan with the same paint job as the crazy, like, plaid suit she wears. But yeah, so this is weird in that it's got the song, but it's, you know, it's kind of part of the soundtrack, but not actually performed by the cast. Mm. Hmm. I don't think Dracula I mean, Dead got, we, has we, a song. We do have Vespa singing Nobody Knows the Trouble. <laughs> yeah. True, true. There, there we are. <laughs> Who knew she was a bass? <laughs> um, I don't know. I feel like for that, they should have just full-on dubbed another actor. Because I feel like she was just doing a deep voice, mm. doing her version of a deep voice. I feel like they should have just gone with another entirely. So I feel like that was more entirely. of a baritone than a bass. Oh know, my god! I don't know the difference. I also know whenever um, Dark Helmet has his helmet closed, it's an entirely different voice actor. Oh, it is. Yeah. Oh wow! 
Because, you know, the the joke is, you know, Darth Vader's got a different voice than... Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, just, but they got somebody that sounds, sounds a, a lot, lot like, like Rick Moranis. Yeah, I always They just... could have gone more different, that's true. Yeah, it's like, like, I always just thought it was Rick Moranis doing, doing a, a Darth, Vader. Darth Vader voice. That's... Wow. It's like when they got Danny Elfman to do Jack Skellington singing, even though he doesn't play Jack Skellington. Like, I had no idea. I assumed yeah. it was the same dude the whole Which, time. in that case, they wanted that, so it's perfect. Well, but... yeah, but I mean, like, I had no idea, you know? I never would have guessed. Pretty in sure either case. If, I, oh, yeah. if, I, if I'm lying, I apologize, but I'm pretty sure I read that. I mean, if you're lying, like just because you usually... your source lied to you. Yeah, I was going to so... say, you usually do your research, so well, if you got it wrong, it's because somebody lied to you. The, because... the Wikipedia page for Spaceballs is sadly, sadly short, so I spent a day reading the IMDb trivia mm. and getting very frustrated how often people like submit the same trivia item that's been already stated. And I was like, yeah. oh my god, yes, I know, there's no merchandising. <laughs> Holy god! <laughs> okay, but have you heard about how there's no merchandising? No, I haven't. Oh, Please Ames, tell me. let me tell you that uh, George, George Lucas was like, fine, you can make your stupid movie, but you better not sell any goddamn yogurt dolls. Yeah. And Mel Brooks slowly put the yogurt doll behind his back <laughs> oh, and was like, know, this is mine. Yeah, this you're is just right. Free. No merchandise. Free. How about if they're all free from me? <laughs> uh, here's another great trivia bit, though, that I found in that the the original title was supposed to be Planet Moron. What? <laughs> oh. Sorry. Loud. Wow, my heart. Um, Moron. But there was a British parody coming out right around the same time called Morons from Out of Space. From Outer Space. Uh, and they're like, oh, we can't do, an- do another Moron title when that one's coming out so close. So they're just thinking, okay, they're just going through the dictionary of words that words to add on to space. It's like, space this, space that. Oh, my God. And then finally, in the, the story goes that Mel Brooks finally just sells balls. And they're like, that's it. <laughs> do it. <laughs> I hope that's true. I hope it's true because it's a great story. Did Morons from Outer Space ever come out? I don't think I've ever heard of that one. I'm sure it did. Sounds like a terrible movie. I kind of wonder if it got retitled before it came out because that happens a lot. That's why Mm. we got Wrath of Khan because they didn't want to sound like the upcoming Revenge of the Jedi. Whoops. Whoops. Or, well, uh, I kind of, but Wrath of Khan sounds great. Oh, it does. It sounds better. Yeah, Wrath is a good word. And besides, he doesn't really get his revenge, so it's also sure. sort of misleading. He, he does oh. get a lot of wrath. He's got though. lots of wrath. It's yep. true. Came out. He's 19, vexed. 1985. How uh, many stars? Negative <laughs> uh, three. Ooh, four point five out of ten from the IMDb. Thirty nine percent on Metacritic. Thirty nine percent from TV Guide. But eighty one percent of Google users liked this movie. Well, because yeah. people searching for it are probably people that are, that are fans of it. Um, yeah, that's, I feel the, like that's there's the always thing about there's ratings. always a bit of a selection bias in in well, ratings. The, the, yeah. the, the thing goes like you you're more likely to rate something when you have a very strong reaction. Mm-hmm. Either so way, it's either yeah. very very positive or very very negative because you don't say like that was a, that movie was fine. I need to go rate it unless you're someone who's fucking obsessed with rating things. Yeah, but mm. I would guess like for a movie like that, like if you yeah. if you see morons from outer space it's because Which you sought did. it out yeah you like you're not catching that on you're HBO. either looking for it because for some reason you see that title and go yes this sounds like a thing i would love <laughs> or you saw that and go wow this sounds so bad that i need to witness the bad it's like caligula reincarnated as hitler the last orgy of the third reich Nobody sees that by accident. Jake sees that on purpose. Is that a real movie? It's a real movie. Is it good? I don't know. Isn't it a oh, porno? It's, it's a porno. I oh. And it's really fucking upsetting. Because it's like, cause, okay, it. all right, here's the story. Why is there a... Oh, I want to hear the story. Do you want to hear the story Jesus of God. how I saw it, Caligula reincarnated? Well, I don't even know how you saw it, but I want to know as about, a joke. What about it. You, got, you saw it as a joke, right? So, yes. For, there was some, for some reason... My Jake friend, is a bad friend my, is my, the moral of this no, story. No, for some reason my friends are like, 
oh, we should we should watch a, a porno as a joke for some reason, right? So we went to, or I think maybe we were just at Newbury Comics and we saw it and we were like, oh my God. Because the cover art for it, it looks hilarious. Like it looks ridiculous because <laughs> it's got like a sexy nurse in a SS uniform or something. Like it, it's like. Those uniforms are pretty nice. So it's like, okay, we, we got we to gotta find out what this is. So we bought it at Newbury Comics, watched it, and it was fucking awful. Like, I don't remember anything about it other than there was scatological no, uh, no. stuff. No, no. Well, of course, they're trying. Well, it, well, but like also just it's not sexy stuff. Like it was it was like uh, it was like Holocaust porn. It was That's really fucking, fucking rancid. It was the worst thing. So, so where is this I video mean, now, Jake? So. Because I know there's a story. After we finished watching it, like, I don't even know if we finished it. We watched as much of it as we could stomach. And we're like, no, this is, this is not, like, we didn't expect this to be good or entertaining. But this is, like, crossed into just, like, awful and upsetting. So let's, we, we, we can't, what do we do? So what, what we, do we do? <laughs> what do we, what we did, what our, our chosen way to get rid of this film was to return it to Hollywood Video. And put it in their overnight return slot. Oh, I thought that was a funnier story. No, it's one. pretty good. I thought this was like you mailed it to somebody unfortunate or something. No, no, we just we were like sent it to Pat Robertson. We, we just, we send just, it as a gift to somebody for for a well, birthday. it was a gift for Hollywood Video. It was a donation. <laughs> Maybe they'll put it on their shelf. But Jesus H Christ, do oh. not watch that movie. I wouldn't have anyway, to be yeah. honest. Yeah, it's not a uh, so, so space balls. Good, better. Which better. admittedly, you know, I, I'd like to think somewhere out there, you know, there, there was a domino effect. Like, well, we can't call this planet Moron because Moron's Outer Space is coming out. So Mel Brooks releases Space Balls, and somebody who was making a Star Wars themed porn went fuck. <laughs> Took our title. Mm. Because now, if they do like Star Balls, it's like which parody are you doing? <laughs> Star- that was a porn parody of a parody. <laughs> That's a... Ooh, I don't think we've gotten there yet. Oh, so uh, I timed the opening shot of Spaceball 1. Yeah, so longer or shorter than the uh, the Star Wars reveal of the ship. Oh, much longer. It's a minute and a half. Nice. <laughs> approximately. From like when you first see the nose to about when the... I stopped it right about when the um, engines actually come into view. Okay. So yeah, about a minute and a half. Wow. So longer than Star Wars, shorter than the Enterprise flyby in the most, motion picture. Most things are. Yeah. What I'm not sure about, because I haven't actually seen it, is if... Like, obviously, it's mostly referencing the overhead flyby from from Episode 4. But I also wasn't sure if maybe there was a bit of a goof on um, Space Odyssey in there at all. Because I think mm. there's, like, a long ship flyby at some point then, too, maybe. But I'm not... Because if so, that's actually kind of because they you know did a lot of random little sci-fi throwaway lines. I don't think there was anything well, 2001 like, in there. Didn't we get a really long shot of the ship from Alien too? Yeah, the Nostromo. Yeah, yeah that's like, true. That's, that, I, I was they just thinking, all do it. it just because it also kind of looks. It doesn't it, like it's got a lot of that kit bash look to it. Like, yeah, it's got a bunch of like little knob not nodules yeah, yeah. and shit all over. Whoever made this model, it was like, a great model. Really yeah. nice work. Yeah. Um, we break for nobody. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I always, I always thought like, like more like the Nostromo because it's also moving slow. Yeah, that's yeah, true. True. It's a bit of both, maybe. Well, the Nostromo only just occurred to me, so. But no, oh, that's a, that's before it goes to ludicrous mode, obviously. Yes, yeah. We've gone to plaid. I love that they have a speed they shouldn't use and an emergency brake that says never use. Mm. 
That scene is one of my favorites when he's like telling him to stop. He's we gotta stop. It's too dangerous. <laughs> like I don't know why. Bullshit! Stop it! And it just, I just, oh man, I was like waiting for that scene the whole time. I don't it was know. Just such a good. Oh, when, when, when we watch Dark Dark Helmet, watch it later. I was like, no, 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 go past this part. Yeah, yeah. It's never never again. Again. Yeah. again. <laughs> and I love his like yell because they fast forward. Yeah. Like, so good that scene is great the meta scene yeah fucking excellent because i had never really like again as a kid i obviously saw this movie a ton but it had never occurred to me until we were watching it last night that i was like oh my god they're just using like one of the director's monitors to do this yeah yeah yeah. like all this time i i don't know if i thought like they just had really good timing or what (laughs) like like when uh... it only just occurred to me i'm like oh wait like this is the screen that the director would have been watching from that's why they they didn't just sync up their movements with what with Uh, what they already recorded that had already been released (laughs) no i know like (laughs) that's how the marx brothers would have done it Mm, that's true I'm, yeah. Anyway, I'm blonde. Um, and, no, well, what's interesting so, though but... is, like, from a technical perspective, and I don't really know how any of this stuff works, but how how does a director's monitor work then? Because the film was made on film, mm-hmm. which has to be developed before you can see what's there. So, was it a video? Was that scene shot with video? So I, I think basically, like the. I mean, obviously nowadays it's all different. It's all fucking digital anyway. Mm -hmm. So you just have multiple screens. I think it was basically like what the director's monitor has just wasn't able to be recorded, but it was like a CCTV almost. Right. So, okay. So we're seeing the film. We're seeing the... Well, yeah, it's using the same exact angle. We're seeing the same perspective. So I wonder if there was some sort of like mirror prism arrangement that allowed there to be both a video signal and a... to get to film. Like, I... Maybe they just had like a... I mean, that's what I mean. Maybe the cameras just had two outputs, you know, one one for the actual recording and then one for the monitor. But the way the cameras optically work is just the light goes in, it goes through an aperture, it goes Onto through the some film. Lenses, that's and then a it good just point. hits the film. So where did the video signal come from? It's fucking magic is what I'm saying. Yay! The, maybe whole, there was the Schwartz! A, maybe there was a video camera attached to... Right below the yeah maybe maybe it's just, maybe it, maybe it is like a slightly different angle maybe. because it's just like a I mean that's the only thing I can think of because again assuming this was filmed on film which I'm sure it was yeah. I don't see how they would get a live video feed into the maybe scene. the screen the video that they're watching it was blue screen <laughs> no no it was definitely there yeah the other thing that's that that's good that's you know another technical consideration is so you know most films i believe at the time were filmed in 24 fps right so they'd have to so the sync rate of whatever screen that was would have had to also have been oh yeah so, you wouldn't so, get it, would, those so it wouldn't be lines. like liney yeah, yeah yeah so that so which must be a thing because there's a lot yeah. of times when you see tv screens on in movies yeah but it's something they'd have to have taken into account mm. or maybe it's not a problem as much with film because but there's video of the video screen in the video screen. So, yeah. Because hmm. it's... It's something got much more complicated than the scene. Plus two. Plus two. I'm, plus just, I'm, just, I'm, I'm impressed with the scene, not just from the comedic perspective, but also from the technical perspective that, that they, they managed to pull that off. Yeah. yeah. At that time, yeah. with that equipment. It also might be Rick Moranis' funniest fucking moment. <laughs> <laughs> when is now? When? Ooh! <laughs> I love it. The, the, it yeah, the, the build in that is fucking yeah. perfect. Oh, he's great. There's a lot of great 
Rick Moranis bits in this movie. The, the, another one of my favorites is the Too Hot! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which may not have even been him delivering that line. But, uh, I know. never noticed until this time, too, that, like, <laughs> he clearly, I'm sure the idea was to spit out as much as possible before the thing went down. Mm-hmm. But not all of it did, because there's some dripping out, from yeah. the mask. And actually, for the rest of the film, there's like a little bit of. Coffee in the fucking mouth filter. Is there Gross. really? And at least one thing you can still see there's like staining on, I don't know if it was on purpose or if he Holy just cow. actually stained it. But Oh my god. Also, <laughs> the fucking, oh, the pith helmet variant. Yep. <laughs> With yeah. the little patch. Yeah, that was great. Oh, I didn't Vader I just love. I just loved the costuming for Dark Helmet all around. Like, oh, not, yeah. not just the helmet, but like like the, the weird tie, tie, tie yeah. that mm-hmm. he has is fucking the great. Studs, the little like tights and boots combo with the shorts. It's just so like the more you look at it, the more weird little details it has. Yeah, it's it's very well done. The costuming I feel like the costuming across the board in this film. Yeah. The from like the 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 spherical helmets mm-hmm. that the, everybody wears to the the ass cheek yeah. guards mm-hmm. on the on the guard uniforms. <laughs> just really really well done uh costuming. Yeah. And then Vespa's stuck in that wedding dress for the whole movie long mm. even though she has her royal luggage. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny. I realized too you only you never see her in anything else because the photo her father has of her is her in the wedding dress. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't notice that. And the photo of her with her old nose, you can see a little bit of the sleeve. That's funny. Mm. She's only ever in the wedding dress. Maybe that's just her princess dress. Maybe. And uh, I love, you know, they're in a rush. they got to get to the wedding. But like Cybox stopping to get a haircut before seeing God, they stop for a costume change and a braid barf's hair. Yep. Right, yes. <laughs> I, I did like, I don't know if this was a reference or not, to the fact that, you know, infamously Chewbacca doesn't get a medal at the end of episode four. Barf's new new costume has a little medal on his shirt. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. When did it become a big deal that Chewbacca doesn't get I a medal? I have no though? idea. I feel like it's more recent. It's That's what I kind of thought, missed. too. It, but... it was such a big deal that they fucking had to make it a thing in oh, yeah. Rise of Skywalker. Terrible. <sighs> But, yeah, they, uh, it's one of those things that even if it wasn't meant at the time, now that's kind of what it feels like. It's like, ah, he got a medal, you jerks. Yeah. I don't know. If it were actually a joke, they would actually give him the medal, though. Mm. Not just have one on for for a particularly eagle-eyed fan to see. Pizza the Hut. Oh, God. Dom DeLuise. Yep, Dom DeLuise. So gross. (laughs) Yeah, you're delicious. I don't know. He did do- look delicious. Oh, yeah, he's just oozing and and the mouth of the puppet thing oh. doesn't quite go with oh, the mouth. And the tongue, it's, it's so the tongue vile. is so gross. Yeah, I, hate I don't it. know. If there was like a dip, you could dip like <laughs> chips in. I want to. You want a pizza the hut dip? I kind of do. Oh god! Oh my god! He's dipped. <laughs> <laughs> I think oh. that I think the actor Dom DeLuise, you said he was yeah. the voice. Yeah, I yeah. think okay. However, the actor who was in there was whose name I don't think I wrote down because I am the worst. Didn't uh, or rather got burned by some of the stuff that was oozing. Oh God! So when they were gonna do like another scene or something, he refused to do it again. <laughs> was it? Did they actually like put 
scalding hot cheese on it? And it wasn't cheese, but whatever was in there, like, making stuff move was hot. Oh, the mechanic. Yeah, because he has, like, a pulsing thing yeah. at one point. So there must have been a motor in there. Yeah, something kinda. burned in. You know what? That's that's fine. Looking at that thing once a film is more than enough. Yeah, it was should enough. They should have got Robbie McNeil to do that part. He doesn't mind getting burned by things. Oh, I, I think he did. I think he uh, minded very much. Uh, uh, similarly, the the gold makeup that they put on for yogurt on Mel Brooks gave him a terrible rash on his geez. face and of neck. It did. Wow. Metallic. I feel like metallic face and skin makeup always does this. Oh, that's, that's what happened to the the original Tin Man. Yeah. Oh, geez. The they silver had... the silver makeup made him have like horrible allergic reactions, so he wound up having to step yeah. out. And, and knowing that movie, it was probably also a like, massive. Lead. Carcinogen. Yeah, well, that, it was just made of I lead. Think too. Not only did they have to recast him because his reaction was really bad. It was so bad they straight up reformulated the makeup before putting it on the yeah, new guy. Before put testing it on another guinea pig. I mean, yeah. Jesus Christ. See, another. Uh, since we brought that up, another great I thought visual gag in this movie was, or visual reference was when they're entering Yogurt's chamber. It's the scene yeah, from Wizard of Oz, Wizard of Oz and yep. they're entering the great and powerful Oz. Yeah, and they've got them all lined up. And yeah. They're, all, they're kind of like trepidatiously walking in. Yeah, yeah. And it works out, you know, because you got the sort of the semi-lion, the road droid stands yeah. in for the mm-hmm. two man and all that. Well, here's another little Trek reference, though, is that they based Vespa largely on Elan from Elan of Troyes. Oh the wow! Episode. That, okay, in that she's just she's just a, a not bitch. terribly classy lady. <laughs> I think they did miss uh, an opportunity when she's with um, Dot Matrix, saying like, "Oh, I know these kinds of fly boys. They're all ugly, fat morons." And they're and then Lone Star is talking to Barf, saying, "Oh, these these entitled women. I don't want. I don't even want to see her in person. She'll just stay back there." And I think they missed an opportunity. For Barf to go in first, and for her to be like, "See, no, but you'd already seen Barf by that point because yeah. he's oh, the dang, one that you're right. Fuck. He's the one that popped down to the didn't work. But maybe she thought he was another Mog. Eh, mm-hmm. Possible. No, you're right. Dang it. I noticed that that so they're they're when they're on the ship, they're in Barf's room because yeah, it's the, Mog's room on the. Uh, is that his toilet? Because it's a it is a fire hydrant. It's a fire it might hydrant. Be. Might be. Try not to think about it. Yeah. Does that mean... Because there's not really... There's like the middle area, then it's bad. So does, that, does Lone Star just sleep in the cockpit? Maybe. Could be. That's his room. <laughs> Seems plausible, certainly. Mm-hmm. I was also a little bummed later in the movie. Another... Maybe this one was more of a missed opportunity. That none... That when the... There's just a bear... Because they have a zoo yeah. on, on the ship and oh, yeah. all this thing. Yeah, yeah. And the mimes and the acrobats, which are fucking hilarious that they were there. But the bear goes into the escape pod and um, Scroob tries to go in there and use the paws as a seatbelt. I was mm. almost sad that, maybe not necessarily not necessarily him because he needs to survive to the end of the movie. But maybe if it were like Sanders goes in there and then the escape pod goes away. And the assumption is that bear is going to eat him. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, Tastes the... like chicken. There you go. The escape pods ejecting mm. was very, uh, I'm sure, intentionally similar to the escape pod ejecting from the... the Cantive 4 or whatever. The, yeah, the Rebel Blockade Runner in that movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's interesting. I wonder if they... I don't know if they did or not, but if they didn't, it's a missed opportunity. When they, were, when they had, like, the circus <laughs> performers during the evacuation scene, they should have had the actress that did Dot Matrix. Oh, 
<laughs> out of costume as a mime. They very well could have. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. They see have a famous mime so. in the cast. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I thought that was a good a good little payoff because earlier there was the cancel the, the circus performance. Yep, yep. And then some of the mall food courts. So that's where the pizza guy came from. Yep. Restrain the animals. <laughs> I mean, if this movie, I know this movie came out in 1987, so it couldn't possibly be, but it it's could that could almost be a a reference to Star Trek: The Next Generation. Mm, uh, true. The fact that there is all Just this extraneous stuff that all over be the on ship. A fucking yeah. starship, yeah. But yeah. obviously it's not a reference to that. But I'm going to make it retroactively. Good, yeah. Good yeah. on you. It reference. is now. Yeah. There we go. There we go. What's that make us? Absolutely nothing. Mm. Ah, way to say a joke without context. <laughs> no context well, anyone who's all. seen the movie. Yeah, yeah the we all know. As a side note, like, I, it, Look, it, that's the danger that we faced with this episode would just be us, like, just making quotes at each other and going... For <laughs> an hour and a half, yeah. That's the hard part about discussing a famous comedy is, like... It's a good thing we actually have talking points we've been finding. <laughs> yeah, I, w- I want to say just about Mel Brooks in general is that he is one of those director, producer, like just people with vision who is so good at breaking the fourth wall in ways that most other people, they, they don't deserve. <laughs> mm. But he can do it in like such great ways to be like, yeah. well, yeah, this is a movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you're like, what? You wouldn't know that, <laughs> but it's it's very funny whenever they do it. Yeah, yeah, there's a great one of my favorite fourth wall breaking moments is early in the film, and, and we were talking. I think that might be why I wrote down ba- this Basel now. Exposition. Yeah, when when Rick Moranis turns to the camera and says, "Got that?" <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that's why I, that's why I wrote this note. It was so good. Yeah, that's am- like that and uh, Harvey Corman's fourth wall break in Blazing Saddles. Which was... He's sitting there, you think he's just talking out loud where he's discussing the issues he's having with Rock Ridge. He goes, well, where would I find such a man? Why am I asking you? Nah. Gestures at the viewer. <laughs> Why am I asking you? So that you know what this what was happening in the scene. Yeah, like that's what he, it seems like when he does it, it is often making fun of the fact that sometimes you have just very unnatural dialogue or moments for the sake of getting the audience like caught up. Yeah. It's, it's why, like, whenever I listen to, like, a podcast or something, and it's like, the character is just monologuing stuff that they're doing yeah. right now. It's like, okay, I'm entering the room. And it's like, why the fuck would it... No one would be talking when they were doing... When they're doing something by themselves. They, they, there's a there's a lot of old-timey radio, like, just out there now, because no one renewed rights. And yeah, some of them, are going to be wrong, are very bad and do the same thing. Where someone just narrates what they're doing in dialogue, but... yeah. You can find ones where they knew what they were doing and found ways to do it a little less weirdly. People yeah, should listen to those. They're and... making it a log, or they're talking to their cat, yeah, which is why just... I get away with talking to myself all the time. Yeah, or they just find a way to make it work with, like, very sparse dialogue and fully. Yeah. Another great gag Star Trek reference in this film oh, is, is, another is, is well, the beaming scene. Yeah. Yep. The, the yep, let's yep, see. Yep. Oh, the beat me up, up. snotty. Yeah. Which I can't remember. We talked about it a while ago, but I don't remember if it actually was in an episode or just us after recording. I think we did. Yeah, because we were talking about it was in our uh, blog activity about transporter accidents. Okay. And I mentioned that scene. Ah, yeah. okay, okay, okay. No, I think the the amazing reveal that he's just beaming into an the adjacent room. room. Yeah. Ugh, it's such That's a good payoff. Really, and it's, Why it's, did anybody tell me my ass was this pig or whatever? See, they. So. I think they... I think there was a mistake made in that scene with, by not having another actor stand right behind Mel Brooks and 
and put his arms oh. through. Because oh, because every time I see his head thing. and his arms are backwards. Yeah, the every, top half basically. Every time and I see that scene, I'm like, oh, why are his thumbs where they are? It's so distracting. So they, yeah, if they if they had just had another guy mm. kind of you know, hidden. A whose line is it anyway? Yeah. <laughs> and then just have them make something in the kitchen and try to feed it to him. Like, oh, there we go. <laughs> so Those it's, are always such good sketches. It's they easy to miss because you see him very briefly. But obviously they, they do the close-up on Snotty and he's got the tam or, or whatever you call those little hats. Look mm-hmm. at him pretending not to know. Well, Wearing I, one of those really specific hats. Well, I mean, whatever the those are is, called. <laughs> once I said it out loud, I was like, wait, or is it something else? I think it's tam but when they have Scroob actually walk into the room, you very briefly see Snotty on, like, the edge of the screen. And he's even got a gray and black kilt. Yes, he does. Nice. It's like, ah. Oh, I, really I really hope they didn't make that themselves, because it's seen for about two seconds. Mm. Well, you never know what's going to make it onto, into, a, into a, yeah. the frame of the, the shot, so yeah. they, need to, they need them there. I thought the twins joke was a little flat. I think it may have worked better at the time. Yeah, they, that, the, that's like, double mint commercials. The mint com- the, the, the yeah, commercials. Like, generally what's great about a, a good comedy has or in a comedy that's going to age well is going to have stuff that doesn't rely as much on pop culture, but it's inevitable that you'll make at least some pop culture references. And yeah, it's like God, a double mint hasn't run that campaign since probably the early 90s. Yeah, and well, honestly, this movie is one giant pop culture reference. Yeah. True, but I think it was already clear by that point yeah, that Star Wars was going to have staying but like, power. Here's, well, here's the thing, right? I feel as though if George Lucas had just let Star Wars die and didn't, didn't do the re-releases, didn't do episodes one through three... If when that, you say Star Wars die, you mean after the first trilogy or after yeah, the first movie? No, no, after the first trilogy, gotcha, right? Gotcha. So, like, 1983, imagine that was the last Star Wars content we got. Would what a we, world. Would we, would it still be as culturally significant today? Would people, would young people, because I think, because the reason I bring this up, the reason I think about it is because I feel like movies, some of the movies that we grew up with that are, like, very culturally significant for us mm. are not in the public consciousness if you were born after, you know, 2000, say. Yeah, I, I would say, like, for all the re- things that have sort of referenced or been clearly inspired by or whatever, say, the Goonies, yeah. I don't know that a teenager or a 20-something is going to know or give a fuck about what the hell the Goonies is. No, they will. Sometime when they're about 16 years old, they'll ironically go through a, a, mm. something where they want to see stuff from, like, 20 years ago. Happened with me in the 80s. There, they'll there. all do it. They'll I don't know. I didn't. Go. I didn't see the Goonies until I was in my thirties. When did When did you make me watch the Goonies, Jake? I don't know. I, had I don't a, know. It was a better experience than Gremlins because I fuck had a, Gremlins. I've never seen Gremlins. I had a don't. Goonies poster in my bedroom growing up. <laughs> nice. Oh, what Goonies, Goonies poster? poster? Yeah, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's, I'm. I don't know. I feel like that was big enough. I I feel it would still be kicking around. I feel Maybe. like people still know about the Neverending Story. Oh yeah. Do and kids I feel like, though? Like yeah, unless well, know. here's the thing: unless they're, they're parents mo- make them unless they're millennial them. parents, mm. show it to them. That's yeah. Mm. I guess that's the thing. I, a lot of the movies that I know from like the '60s are things that you know my parents were into. I will say, considering where the fandoms have gone with some of the stuff we grew up on, I wish they'd been let to die because mm. it's just like I, I can't. And even... We wouldn't have Mandalorian. That's fine. Oh, I just yeah. like Rats. it's gotten to the point where I hate. Ghostbusters now. 
Oh, because they keep making terrible remakes. Well, and, and the fans are have become the biggest losers. Mm. You know, like nothing these, like Trek well, fans. Well, you know what it is. Well, that, here's the thing. Like, like with Trek, it just kind of kept going. Like there were some pauses. Ghostbusters had had its day, and then they had the temerity to make a re- a, a remake, which could have just been forgotten. Because let's be honest, it was kind of crappy. But because so many people preemptively lost their tiny minds about it because, oh no, the women's. And then they made this terrible looking, I haven't seen it, so I can't say it's terrible, but terrible looking. Thank you for prefacing, Chris. Fucking. Apology sequel? Apology sequel that all the sad loser guys my age who hate women could jerk off to. Like. But it's got children in it. I hope they weren't jerking off to it. Like. That's what I love too. They're like, oh, this is this is Ghostbusters. It's like a movie starring children set in the Midwest is Ghostbusters to you? Did we see the same movie not in the eighties? Because it's a reaction movie. It's not a reaction to the original Ghostbusters. It's a reaction to the current moment of what is Ghostbusters well, to people right now. And like bring, bringing this kind of back to yes, to Spaceballs, do it, Jake. In a weird way, I trust you. Well, I don't know. I just think that a lot of Shoot, these, a you. lot of the movies, like the Ghostbusters sequels, like. A, a fair number of the Star Wars sequels that we see now. Like, really, every time I now hear of some movie that I have fond memories, Indiana Jones coming up. Oh, God, it's, that looks it's awful. Always, it's, it's such a cynical move. And, yeah. like, and that's, I think, why one of the pieces, like, the it's satire. The merchandising. They're the milking merchandising. the merchandising. It's, it's, it's the, they don't have to come up with a new idea. They already have one that they can make more money off what of. What this movie is, what Spaceballs is making fun of, in a lot of ways, is the cynicism yeah. of, like, Star Wars on its own is not a cynical movie, but the the entire cultural culture around Star Wars and around Indiana Jones yeah. and Ghostbusters is highly cynical, and it's all about how do we milk the yep. most money. And, like, that's why I feel like, okay, the, the, the Ghostbusters, uh, the female Ghostbusters movie, although, like, I not only... Was it bullshit that people were upset about it? I strongly think, tinfoil hat, that the studio and marketers actively amplified the those voices and amplified that more than it might have actually been. Because when you heard about it, when you heard about how all these incels were... Man, I'm going to go see it twice. Yeah like, yeah. like there was so much of that at that time where people were, were almost seeing it in defiance of of that yeah because like i want to show i want to show that that that, that's not true you know that women can be in a ghostbusters movie it can be good and like as i didn't see it so i don't know if it was good or not it was good it was it was i wanted it to be better than it was i think actually our our frequent guest liz put it best in that it didn't trust the audience enough to get the jokes well It, it like gave too much time for stuff to like but wait you get it do you have time for it to land? All right, next thing. Yeah, I mean, that's... <laughs> I might be misphrasing, that's, but... That is a lot of, like, that's, that's you know, Big Bang Theory, right? Um, you know, pause for laugh track. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I will say... But anyway, yeah, so I just, yeah. I just think that, like, like I'm just... I'm just Prove me wrong. Every... There's, su- there's such little stuff happening in Hollywood that doesn't seem completely driven by marketing. Mm. Yeah, it's why I know we're big fans of the the pitch move pitch meeting series yeah. on YouTube with Ryan George, whom I love. Oh, same. But it's why they, there's always a running gag in in any of the the 
conversations with the boss man whenever like there's a reference to something else and the joke is he's from the original movie yeah. and it's like yeah because that's what audiences recognize mm-hmm. and then they're like and then they're comfortable it's so weird. we're not challenging people we're making them comfortable and and it's funny when you think about mel brooks kind of make making fun of that in 1987 it's like yeah. oh mel you ain't seen nothing yet <laughs> yeah yeah well because it because like star wars for all like for as significant as it was it was very clearly a money grab by that time like, oh yeah by then yeah by then know? jedi had come out and the yeah. walks and but uh forget the christmas special which this oh is for God. you listeners. that's true this is our christmas episode why haven't we done a christmas episode about the star wars christmas special no. i don't have it, don't I, have oh, it. nobody does. has it youtube has it oh god yeah oh it's um, so bad but yeah you are right though the, the tangent we got off on was because you, you were saying i think this is probably one of his only specific film pa- like he's parodied genres usually yeah mm-hmm. yeah like you know blazing saddles was westerns oh, western. oh no we all young frankenstein was specifically like the universal frankenstein franchise which it's easy to forget they made a fucking thousand of those in the, like, 30s and 40s. Frankenstein's? Oh, yeah. There was Frankenstein, Bride of Frankenstein, Return of Oh, okay. okay. They made so, so fucking many. Wow. Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. Yes. Excuse me. That's Frankenstein? (laughs) (laughs) You know, uh, The High Anxiety, which, again, if you've never seen it, good movie. Yeah, Um, History of the World, Part 1. Yeah. It's a history movie. Yeah. uh, But, yeah, yeah, where High Anxiety is sort of, like, a pastiche of, like, Hitchcock and thriller tropes. See, whenever I hear high anxiety, I automatically assume it's related somehow to high fidelity, and I know that's nope. not right, but it's it always hits the same spot in my brain. Fair, fair. Although Men in Tights was a send up of Robin Hood specifically, well, but, but 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 like again, like sort of the the idea, you know, they reference the Kevin Costner one, but it's not specifically a spoof of the Kevin Costner one. It's really aesthetically, it's mostly the um, you know that old silent hero one. I've only seen. I think actually Men in Tights might be the only, only Robin, Robin Hood, Hood you've seen. That's fine. I've never no. seen the Disney cartoon. Oh, with the with fox. The, I, fox. The, the fox that everyone's the very fuckable yeah. fox. The foxy the fox. The very fuckable fox. I, isn't that a, that's a, a, a Wes, uh, Wes Anderson film. <laughs> yes. It's a very fuckable fox. <laughs> <laughs> actually, so, strangely enough, Fantastic Mr. Fox is the only Wes Anderson film I've seen. Wow. Yeah. But there's there's a silent movie Robin Hood that he is very clearly aesthetically based on, but hmm. but yeah, they're doing a couple different versions in there. Yeah, it's funny because yeah, now that I think about, it, I think have I ever seen another? I've seen two, actually no, I've seen two adaptations of Robin Hood. Wait, you're for, you're Men forgetting and Cupid and Cupid. <laughs> Those are the two I've seen. There we go. I found it. Oh boy, it is weird though because I, I don't think again unless it was very subtle. I don't think there were any obvious uh, 2001 references in this. Which is surprising, because, yeah. again, there I was... Almost like there were almost a couple musical touches that were close-ish. Mm. Maybe that was, like, like an, like an audio reference. Yeah, maybe, like, especially bit. the kettle drum guy. Yes, 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 that's what I'm thinking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, the, the kettle drum. Who gets in an escape pod and yep. goes away. Sanders on the head Good with the him. mallet. I love that he's in the full tux, but then the helmet, yep. the little mm. ping-pong helmet, as they call it. <laughs> Any any other interesting little things you found? Or? Oh, God, were there? Uh, John Candy ad-libbed, oh, that's going to leave a mark. <laughs> yeah, which is like, uh, 
which was like later used by Chris, Chris Farley, Farley all the time. And like became Chris Farley's catchphrase. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he operated the tail with a hidden control in the paw. Oh, that was him. Wow. So yeah. he was doing it. That's so he, cool. Yeah, he did the tail, but two assistants did, did the ears. Ear mm-hmm. uh, and his costume pow- was powered by a thirty-pound battery he wore on the back. Wow! Just for the fucking ears and the tail. Presumably, yeah. Plus he had to drag a robot around. And yeah. his own big ass. I mean, no offense, John Candy, you were a big man. You know you were. Oh, we, we deigned to talk about uh, Vinnie Fontaine. Not oh, that he's yeah. called Fontaine. Uh, but... Max, Max Headroom ripoff. Yeah, I, I like the makeup, though. I did, too. Oh, is that John I liked the Hutt's little Yeah, the, like, boyfriend? robot delicious. guy. Yeah. I liked him. I oh. liked... When you said Max Headroom, I thought you were talking about the newscaster. Which newscaster? When there's a newscaster at some point in the film... Oh, yeah, no, later on, talking about Pizza the Hut dying. Yeah, yeah it yeah, kind of yeah. looks like Max Headroom. A little bit, a little bit. But yeah, now, okay, now yeah, you're talking about the guy that was Pizza the Hut. Yeah, in, uh, the, in the silver makeup. Yeah, yeah great makeup. Great yeah, makeup. that's really It almost fun... looked like prosthetics, but uh, like, yeah. when you look closely at it, you're like, no, no, that's just painted on. Yeah, yeah I think really... they, they took a lot of pride in that, too, because people really did think it was prosthetic. Yeah, yeah really great way to do, like, Contour work. this guy's a robot. Yeah. Good there's word. there's a ton of that that I see on uh, TikTok now. That's mm, like a big, yeah. There's like th- people doing like videos where they apply makeup to themselves that that looks very much 3D and yeah, it's so, so hip, cool, Jake. Yeah, it's, it's very. It looks it's really shit. cool. I think it's time for us to leave Twitter and join TikTok. I mean, TikTok's. I mean, aside from TikTok, will still be here next week. It's got that. Well, there's that, but there's also the whole: Are they sending your data to the Chinese government? Look, every other app I have is giving my data to the U.S. government, That's so true. I don't care if the Chinese have it too. That's fair. I don't think the Chinese are going to do much with my data. Yeah, yeah. fucking, they're going to look at you. Oh, this guy's pathetic. He's not worth spying on. <laughs> yeah, it is very. The, the makeup the is spy really who well done. Shrugged that guy. me off. Oh, another little visual thing that they did uh, that I thought was very, fairly clever was, so they got the, the floating vehicle in the sand mm-hmm. that a dark helmet's sitting on, and what they did was they surrounded the base of it in mirrors to reflect the sand to make it look like it was floating. Holy oh, shit, that's brilliant. Yeah, that's well, that's actually, that's an old trick. I yeah, think it's they a even, good, good trick. They might have even done that with the original Star Wars. I've, no, what, yeah, I, what I heard is from the original so Star cool. Wars is that it was just a, like a car with wheels, but that they spread... Um, petroleum jelly on the camera's lens to kind of blur out oh so i meant when it was still not when it was moving oh when it was no i think when it was still it was actually on an arm okay uh, I've, seen, I've seen photos of it on like a um, i feel like i've definitely heard somewhere somebody did a similar thing maybe or maybe i was just reading trivia for this years ago and <laughs> forgot it was for this i mean i'm sure it's a it's a general trick for yeah like magicians and shit so. yeah it, it's so funny like all these great old practical Practical yeah, and now the, and now, that... now the answer is green screen or CGI it later. We'll fix it in post. Yeah. yeah just paint the wheels green and, and we'll get rid of it. kind of wonder like if it would be cheaper and easier just to slap some mirrors there. Mm. Yeah. Chromium Jelly is clever though. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Because like if you look, they cleaned it up in the re-release, but if you look Obviously. at the original version, like on, when, when it's like they're going through the Tatooine city mm. and they're just driving around, like it just, it looks like there's like a force underneath mm. the, the car, but it's just like because they blurred it out on the camera. But see, that, that, that would make sense. You can, you can see the distortion, the anti-grav thing yeah, is making. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, the last thing, oh, actually two more things, one more thing. There's not really a uh, Luke lightsaber. What's his fucking name? Skywalker. Skywalker. Mm. Fuck my life. 
Um, there's not really a Luke Skywalker correlation in the in this movie. They kind of just left it as you're basically Han, you're basically Leia. We've got a kind of a chewy. No, it's, well, he's Prince Valium. <laughs> Okay, Jake found it. Good work. <laughs> I mean, there's, you know, there's a little bit of Luke in there. Han is what a it is. A little They just bit. sort of, like... They'll kiss. Yeah, they're, they're like... They touch dicks, and now they're one person. Well, him and Dark Helmet touch dicks. And... Yes. Obligatory penis joke. <laughs> hey, when you get it twisted. Oh! I felt like that was probably the one thing that annoyed Lucas, was that they had the wrong lightsaber colors. No, they did... I think they did that because they probably couldn't do the red and uh, yellow. The red, red and blue. blue. Well, no, it's not that. It's that. Um, but 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 Vader had the green, and Lone Star had the the sort of the reddish orange, and well, it was more yellow. I thought. Well, still, that's not orange. But but either way, because the reason I say that is because at one point Mark Hamill appeared in like a parody thing once. He said, "Hey George, do you mind?" And George said, "As long as you have the lightsaber colors right, I don't care." Hmm. Like he's really hung up on the fact that bad guys are the ones that have like stuff warm from colors. the warm color end of the spectrum well, and. Again, though, I wonder if... Well, okay. And that was a Star Wars thing, though. Yeah, that's this the thing. Like, I wonder if it's like a... Um, if For for kids, right? Mm-hmm. You know, for kids. Um, <laughs> Good reference. If they didn't want to create confusion, perhaps, mm. right? I don't know. I, know chose, they, I don't know where you're going with like, this. They shit. chose different colors specifically to differentiate it from Star Wars. Yeah, I mean, that's like, they didn't care. They were just like, yeah, of course. But I just... Again, knowing that apparently it's something Lucas gets hung up on. I wonder if it annoyed him. I don't know. I doubt it. Last thing I wanted to bring up, just because I, I don't see this almost anymore, and I feel like it was just very much, maybe it's more in kids' movies, I don't know. Mm. But the credits where you start off with, like, actual video of oh, each person. yeah. Because I, it was big in the 80s. Yeah, I don't feel like we see it anymore. And now it's like, I almost never know actors' names, because I can't, I don't have the reference for which character they play. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, that's something that just... Well, it's actually, it's really funny. If you watch, like, old, old movies, like, opening credits were the big thing once upon a time. Right. You would have very long opening credit sequences. Yeah, with, like, great animation, and instead of just, we're just gonna pan it over a landscape, yep. boring! And then at the end, it was like, there would be, like, a couple of cards relisting the main cast... And a couple of the crew. But I think what it basically came down to is over the years as more and more people were contractually required to get credit, rightfully yeah. so, end credits just became longer and longer and longer and longer. Mm. Really long. And opening credit sequences got shrunk. Yeah, the only people that you require in the opening credits are the ones that have it in their contracts. Well, yeah. famously, and this movie did it too, I noticed, yeah. there were no opening credits in, in Star Wars. Oh, yeah, because yep. they went right to the Once Upon a Time was, War. Yeah, and Star Wars was the first movie to do that. And, to, so, so, and it was such an issue it was. that at the time that George Lucas got expelled from the director's guild or something? He got censured by them and then he quit in protest. Ah, so like, because they're like, no, you can't not have opening credits on a film. That's not how we do. And he said, no, fuck you. I'm not putting opening credits because I want my movie to start this way. Trailblazer. Yeah. Yeah. Spaceballs. Spaceballs. Watch out. It's the Spaceballs. It even Mm -hmm. has white cuts. Yes. Good dissolve. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I do appreciate they didn't overdo it because I feel like even George was overdoing them unironically in the prequels with his fucking weird fades and cuts so, and swipes. So distracting. Oh, God, too ridiculous. Much, too much George. 
Yeah, cool. Good movie. Very. Classic. Yeah, very good. Evil very Five. Very... I Heart Uranus. Yep. <laughs> Raspberry Jam. Mm-hmm. Mul- <laughs> multiple layers of joke. Good for them. Yep. It's a. It's a. It's a good. One. Yeah, definitely my favorite Star Wars movie. You know, that's fair. That's fair. Cool. Let's get out. Let's get out of here. I have things to do. I don't. What things do I have to do? Uh, watch other Mel Brooks films. I kind of want to just watch a bunch of Mel Brooks films right? now. Let's see. Young Frankenstein, High Anxiety, all the good ones. Mm. Silent movie. Quite good. Oh, yeah. I didn't see that Very one. clever. Ages. Very clever. Good yeah. use of the medium. And that's why that's him, Marty Feldman, and... Oh, God, I don't remember. Is it Tom DeLuise? It's been 8,000 years since I saw Oh, I've never seen that one. Yeah, it's good. Is it actually silent? Yep. Oh, Mostly. Shit. I think there's yes. one word or there something, is. and it's very funny. It is, yeah. Yeah, so we'll revisit that, and you'll revisit us, of course, on the podcast A Star to Steer Her By, because we're usually a Star Trek podcast. I don't know if you realize that. Uh, we ain't found shit. <laughs> so, yeah, check out all of our, our Star Trek-related uh, materials over on our SoundCloud. We also got a blog over on Tumblr, sshbpodcast.com. We have lots of material up there that you should get into. You can check out our other Star... We did all the Star Wars already. They're up on, on uh, SoundCloud as well. Listen mm-hmm. to all of those. Jesus fucking Christ, George. <clears throat> Uh, what else? Next week, we're doing more The Voyager, mm-hmm. as we're getting through a whole lot of Star Trek. Yep. Uh, next week's episodes are going to Chris, be... if you can hear me, then it worked. Fifteen years and a lot of bad math, but it worked. I need to tell you that next week's episodes are actually Bliss and Parts 1 and 2 of Dark Frontier... Put this in, the recording, if this worked. God, I hope it worked. It was such a, such a blunder. And it's been driving me mad for all this time. I, I grew a really bad haircut and got a sweet jacket. But it, it's not sweet enough to make up for how, how bad the haircut is. So bad. Yeah, so check us out next week for that. We're going to have more great Star Trek stuff. Until then, this has been Beeps. This has been Dinks. <laughs> What to say because the joke changed. <laughs> uh, this has been Major Asshole. Major Asshole. There you go. And uh, there goes the planet. This is Chris. <laughs> that went poorly. Sorry. So bad. Do you want to try it again? Because I didn't really. realize what you were no, doing. No, this is great. No, but I get it now. Let's try it again. Nope. <laughs> Come on. Come on, Ames. Do it. Nope. Ames, quick. No. Nope. The creeps. Nope.